0: Tuned to Arctic 15, a meeting spot for startups, investors, and businesses making real human connections since 2011. Join our next event. More information and upcoming dates on arctic15.com. I'm really glad she took the, the name issue off the table. I didn't have to do any intros. Um, so before we start, I thought it might be helpful just to get a show of hands from the room. Entrepreneurs. Okay. Investors, that's good, that's helpful. LPs, okay, great. So we can definitely focus this on the entrepreneur perspective. Sounds good. So um, a lot of folks in the room may not know who WeFox is. And I think it would be great if you could take a couple
1: of minutes just to talk us through um, the business. Sure, just maybe a quick introduction for myself as well. I'm CEO of WeFox. Uh, WeFox is structured into two business units currently. So WeFox is the oldest of the two, Uh, founded about four and a half years ago. Um, It's matured into a marketplace for insurance. So we basically are working within the ecosystem of insurance rather than really disrupting it. Um, really trying to take it to the next level in terms of uh, digital capability and consolidate distribution and really exploit synergies that you cannot exploit without actually bringing the whole ecosystem together in terms of one marketplace. So um, we bring in insurance companies, really all insurance companies. We bring in advisors who are able to actually provide excellent advice, normally in the form of brokers, because they actually contractually represent customers rather than insurance companies. Um, and then our, you know, main and really only customer is really the customer um, who actually buys the products that are needed. Uh, so this is the marketplace that we've created about uh, four and a half years ago. Uh, if we look at um, WeFox, kind of, uh, uh, it's its evolution. Um, first of all, uh, and we look at really the first two years being trying to figure out what is the business model, who really is the customer, how does it actually work, and the last two years where we've actually really been able to actually exploit um, our business model in our marketplace, um, one of the major changes that happened there was really being able to actually build out the advisor side of the business. Um, so we always had the customer focus in the very, very beginning, but we really built out the advisor side so that we're actually able to integrate an advisor into a customer journey um, and provide a lot of value in uh, the process uh, digitally. Um, so this is probably um, uh, the main components of WeFox uh, is the marketplace.
0: So again, just to give um, folks here a size, of the, the sense of the size, of scale of the business, right? Um, WeFox raised over $100 million twice last year, right? Um, I, th- that's pretty phenomenal. Could you,
1: could you talk us through, like, how did that process work? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, um, uh, and, and it's really important to say that uh, without the traction that we've achieved the last two years, it would never have been possible, right? I mean, um, having a great idea is a, an amazing starting point and um, our founders really had an amazing vision that was uh, starting to be built out Um, but it's only with traction it's only with a proven model that you really can raise i think those kinds of sums at least so far Uh, um, a a bit um, uh, we really had uh, a b-round and an extension that happened last year Um, and it's important probably to distinguish uh, especially for us emotionally it was kind of a roller coaster because the first round, the actual B round, we actually started in 2018. And we were certain that we would actually close it in 2018. Um, We had really a very uh, excellent formal process where we targeted um, our investors. We actually felt like we really knew the market. Um, We really had a fantastic story. We started getting traction. We started putting things together. And we were certain by the fourth quarter of 2018 that the deal would have been done. And it could have been done, actually, a bit even sooner than that. But we had um, a a very big uh, event that occurred um, at the very end of our B funding round um, that caused a delay in investors being able to actually sign on um, to the investment. Uh, And so really, if you think of the first 100 million, about 125 million that happened in the first quarter of 2019, we expected that to close in in 2018. and, and then the other part of the story, which is the extension, was the easiest $100 million, you know, that I, I, I could ever imagine. Um, and, um, and, and the major reason why is that extra time allowed us to actually get even better business results, um, even better traction. Uh, and so when some of the investors who were not going to lead the investment in the B round um, identified you know the real story had so uh, had legs to it um, that they basically came to us, um, and we really put together the B extension of over 100 million very very quickly and relatively easily. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great case of uh, success begetting further further success. Um, so maybe you could share some of the growth metrics that uh, really got those investors excited about the business.
1: Yeah, so I'm a a bit kind of uh, traditional. Um, uh, Sometimes investors can be a bit traditional as well. And and so they did care about, at the end, revenue. And and they did actually care, at the end, about gross profit um, and future margins. Uh, And if we look at some of the numbers uh, related to those, um, I think this was the story that really was very, very compelling. Um, You know, revenue being able to grow threefold... Um, well over a hundred million now in revenue, um, which is uh, really, you know, sometimes you think of it, you know, you go from zero to hero. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It took us about two and a half years um, to go from about five million to about a hundred million. So it's, um, uh, but of course the revenue number was a really important factor for our, our investors. Um, and then the second piece was gross profit. You know, at the end of the day, the potential for a future starts usually with some type of gross profit. You know, After your cost of acquisition and some of the unit economics that we were able to build, um, we're able to show that our future from a profitability standpoint could be bright. Um, uh, and so gross profit was another really and some of the unit economic measures uh, regarding CAC and lifetime customer value were the major drivers. And let's not forget customers. At the end of the day also doubling the number of customers was an important factor um and more than doubling the number of advisors was another important factor and uh we'll soon you know it'll be sometime this year you know we'll surpass the million customer mark and uh, that'll be a real exciting time
0: so then in terms of i mean we heard regulatory issues um on on the last panel where you know companies expect that to be four-month, six-month process, turns out to be a 14-month process. Um, what,
1: what's been your, your experience there? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with um, one of the new additions um, to the to the business unit. So we started with WeFox being the only business unit, and then about two years ago, um, there was the amazing idea that we really should have a full-stack insurance company within the group. Um, one of the major reasons for that is the insurance one of our major challenges is the insurance companies themselves are not digitally capable to um, provide the data and the necessary services digitally or through open APIs for us to effectively deliver our customer value proposition as WeFox. So we thought it was really important to actually build a full stack insurance company to show. Um, how fantastic that could be for customers, but also prove the unit economics within the insurance company. Um, So we went out uh, basically thinking that this regulatory process to establish our full-stack insurance company would maybe be a six-month process. Well, of course, it wasn't a six-month process at the very end, um, especially since we wanted to be able to get uh, as much as possible prepared for a global business. So WeFox is a global business already. We wanted one insurance company to try to be a global business. So we wanted regulatory approval within the, the EU and then also Switzerland. Um, so, but that regulatory process certainly took uh, an extra six months, so a, about a year to really get the beginning of that. Um, and then that was only a small amount of products that we were able to actually start off with one uh, insurance company, which is our insurance company. And, but the, the, the big change happened. Um, once we were successful with the regulator, having proved our model with the products that they actually approved within Germany, which was the first market that they actually approved us to do business in, um, our second product launch and expanding to additional countries has been much, much simpler. Um, In fact, when we decided to actually uh, offer motor um, car insurance, the regulatory process was only three months. So to get the additional license for motor and also be able to actually expand it beyond Germany it only took us three months after that. So I think building the relationship with the regulator and proving, you know, following through on what you promised to the regulator, getting it done, made all the difference in the world.
0: So yeah, I was gonna ask, cause you've, you've added additional product lines to, to the business. And is it that existing relationship with the regulator that, that fast tracks new products or simply the fact
1: that you, know, you understand the process better? It's probably both, but I I would say that it's actually mostly on the regulator's side. Um, So regulators, we have to remember that they're not ready for this world of really digital real-time business. Um, And they are very focused on how do they protect the customer and at the end of the day, also, they have to protect their market. Um, uh, So... Um, for the most part, it's them getting comfortable with the new models uh, because previously they would actually have gone to an insurance company who had, you know, 100-year track record or 20-year track record and say, hey, I know exactly what's going to happen um, in this market and they have all the proof. We don't. We start by saying this is what our plan is but don't have any really proof points to prove it. Now we do. Um, and this makes all the difference in the world. The other thing on the regulatory side that I think is underlooked is, um, we've added a number of countries on the WeFox side. So one insurance company I've talked about now, on the WeFox side, we've actually now expanded into not only Germany, Switzerland, Austria, but Spain and Italy. Um, and those also have regulatory hurdles that had to be overcome. The local governmental hurdles um, and the speed at which you can move in some of these countries is not the speed that we're used to. Uh, uh, at least for me, I spent most of my time in the US. And it certainly was easier to go to another state in the US than it is to go into another country within the EU. Um, so we've also had delays in, in uh, the new country launches as well.
0: Uh, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, uh, all right, so one of the things I was going to ask you about is I mean, you've, you really have raised quite, quite a lot of cash, right? Um, you know, how are you? How are you balancing scaling the company quickly with scaling the company sensibly
1: um, and efficiently? How are you balancing those two? We're still making mistakes on that, so I I I, I won't start by saying we've got the magic formula. Um, I, I I normally say that one of my personal kind of uh, Uh, Values that I, or or, um, value that I bring to the company is I can combine execution and innovation at the same time, which is a little bit kind of like what you're talking about there. Um, uh, But I got to say that I still fail a lot in doing that. Um, uh, And I heard one of the earlier um, colleagues that were talking about the fact that sometimes you scale too, not you scale too quickly, you try to grow too quickly. um, uh, And you haven't really, scaled your business before you grew. Um, and, and that's happened to us a few times as well during this um, last two year, two and a half year journey that I've been involved in. Um, so how do we do it? How do we do it? The first thing is we go um, process, people, platform. So um, if you want to have something that actually lasts, you probably need to actually understand the processes that are in the market today um, and how you can actually improve those existing processes. I guess the adage there, I don't know how many of you have heard this um, before, but if you want to change the game, the idea is first you have to actually learn the game, then you have to play the game to earn the right to change the game. And, and um, uh, of course, I would love to, and, and um, most people would love to actually go straight to changing the game. Let's just disrupt, change everything, and let's move on. But not always customers, advisors, insurance companies, regulators are all ready to actually have the game changed on them. So what we do is we really go through this discipline process, I guess is the right way to say it. I hate to say that when we talk about startups and, and everything else, but a disciplined process of understanding the processes in the marketplace, between us and our partners, with insur- insurance companies, advisors, and so forth. Understanding at the end of the side, the people that are necessary in order to execute those. Um, and there's always a change management component to this, whether it's to customers, brokers, or um, uh, advisors, or uh, our own employees. Um, so we have a very disciplined process of going through that. And then we go through a very disciplined process of actually changing our platform. Um, Because one of the things that um, hit us really early on is um, we were able to implement innovation quickly, but I would say the relationship between quality and velocity was not right. Um, And when you have um, a thousand customers, perhaps that's okay. But when you have half a million customers, the quality's got to be right. And when you've got regulated industries, the quality's got to be right. So... um, We have actually done it in in that way to actually make sure that we're fully scalable. Because once we actually reach that point, we really can replicate that and scale it very quickly and not add people um, in order to actually grow the business. The other direction that we do is we do still do a few things that are completely innovative. Um, So you could kind of say we have our own little innovation labs within our own company as well, who don't abide by those rules, so who don't abide by the process people platform. Um, and just go straight for the innovation. Uh, and then there's a, a bit of tension into how we roll that in and how we manage that process, but it's been very effective for us.
0: I'm, I'm gonna circle back on the, uh, the innovation side of things uh, a little later. One of the questions I had for you, and this is a fairly shameless self plug, um, I mean, GR Capital. I mean, we we help our companies move towards Eastern Europe. So, with that in mind, um, you know, a lot of um, startups are setting up R and D centers um, in in Eastern Europe, and you know, trying to expand um, you know their, their markets there. What what are WeFox's plans for that for that part of the world?
1: Yeah. First of all, I, I guess um, uh, from an expansion standpoint of having business operations um, in that part of the world. Uh, We do plan on expanding, in fact, even this year, we're going to be expanding into um, uh, one of those large markets in Eastern Europe, um, which most of you could probably guess uh, what it is and has a border with Germany. Um, But uh, so the uh, opportunities in Eastern Europe are um, still significant uh, in terms of insurance. Um, They may not have as, as big an aggregated insurance marketplace, but it's growing faster Um, than certainly most of the uh, traditional world. Um, So we still think there's a lot of opportunities there. On the other side, when you talk about talent or infrastructure, um, we've got to be able to actually go where the talent is. Um, I mean, one of the uh, challenges that we have, and and we're now, by the way, uh, close to 600 employees, um, one of the challenges that we have is actually uh, uh, attracting enough talent, especially in the tech space. Um, so uh, and and then also not to mention we're actually digitizing an industry that is still you know 90% paper-based and uh, scanned images and things like that and so we need sometimes um, also let's say um, semi-skilled kind of labor so we see that there's great opportunities um, whether it's the Ukraine whether it's uh, some of the other um, countries there and, and we really appreciate what you've done for us and actually opening some of those doors for us so thanks
0: thank, thank you sir um, so back to the to the innovation question right so I mean Wefox is really as uh, is, is well known as a as an innovator right um, so maybe you can share some secrets for what's the next big thing for 2020
1: yeah what's next so um, I talked about the pain point that we've had with the insurance companies. I mean, you can imagine there's a marketplace, right? I mean, if if you thought of it as Amazon or or something like that, and you thought of the manufacturer not connecting digitally. So somehow you've got a middleman trying to match supply and demand for a product and a consumer, um, but there's no product digitally. Uh, This is part of the problem within the insurance industry. We don't. The insurance companies have not fully digitized their business, and they certainly don't have open APIs um, to connect to digital distribution efficiently and in real time. Um, So our uh, next business unit that's going to be coming out very, very soon um, uh, will be addressing this particular issue, really connectivity and open APIs um, to really facilitate the backbone of getting fully digital transactions within the WeFox marketplace. But because they'll be open APIs, they'll be able to be used by anyone. So um, uh, it'll be um, something that's uh, really, I think, unique for the insurance industry today. It's a natural uh, move, which is really standardization and opening up um, competition through data and through information. Because at WeFox, one of the challenges we have had is data is one of the core synergies that we can create um, within understanding the information of a customer from an advisor's point of view and from an insurer's point of view. Um, But actually getting all that data in from the insurers has really been uh, a challenge. So soon you will actually see a new business unit in WeFox, um, and it'll be focused on this open API um, and helping insurers really digitally connect to digital distribution.
0: so technically, I'm at the end of my set of questions for you. I definitely wanted to open it up to the floor in case there are any burning questions out there. If not, I have another one or two. Anyone? Anybody? Anyone? This is on fire, folks. Three X growth. No. Okay. So my question: um, Where? Uh, where was the? Where was the inflection point? Oh, we got one. Yes, sir.
1: Um, No, I I would say it's really not much harder. Um, So the big insurance companies are also um, quite fragmented. um, So they're decentralized. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Um, uh, And uh, I think they see uh, the vision uh, being a a member of that industry in the past myself um, uh, and being a frustrated insurance executive for many, many years. Um, The larger insurance companies sometimes are the ones that really are excited the local people are really excited about getting things done, um, but the culture and the bureaucracy necessary to actually get something done on the tech or IT side is really a challenge. And, and I haven't seen a difference between the smaller ones in that respect or the larger ones. Where What has been helpful is some of the um, FinTech or the InsurTech startups who actually start from that premise. Um, and there's a few, I mean, one insurance company, our own insurance company, is really the one that's gotten the most traction, I think, in in Germany. We've already got over 200,000 policies sold in 18 months, um, which may not sound like a big number in the insurance industry, but 0 to 200,000 in 18 months is actually really huge. Most of our competitors are somewhere in the 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 range. Um, uh, So um, the more startups, the better for us. We would love to have more startups, because they can actually digitally connect really fast and easy. Um, But no real big difference between the big or small insurance companies.